It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Fortune Favors the Fans, the Fans First Network College Football Betting Podcast. My name is Macon. I'm joined once again by Chris. We are back after a loaded Week 2 slate, which is perhaps fittingly followed by a extremely weak Week 3 slate. These games are not great, folks. This is kind of a better's nightmare, a lot of bad value, a lot of boring games. But we found the best that we could for you guys. As per usual, we're going to give you guys some off-the-radar games some over-under slash prop bets, and then we're going to go through our games of the week out of the Power 5. Now, we're going to start by reviewing some of the bad beats that both of us had, or some of the funnier moments or more unexpected results from the previous week. As always, I will let Chris run it off first. Chris, week two, a lot of really good football games, a lot of wild outcomes. How'd you, how'd you end up? I actually did pretty well, dude. I was, like, shocked. I only had one bad beat, which was San Diego State minus 13 and a half. Um, they lost to UCLA by 35. I think that's a sign that San Diego State is just not – good this year um and i was talking about it last week mountain west is pretty top heavy i think there's only three teams that are going to compete with that conference and the rest it just kind of falls off and san diego state's not one of them i think that showed after last week so that and i guess the pac-12 is the best conference in football because they're looking really good in college football sorry um but i did pretty good i mean i i, I made some good money last weekend what about you Personally, I did okay. Um, actually, one of the funnier moments for me was I, I actually lost in our, our betting pick. I had taken Iowa State over uh, oh, really? getting four in Iowa. But when I, I actually made my bet, I improperly entered it and selected Iowa instead. So I ended up losing <laughs> a point in our contest, but picked up the money there. Um, easily the worst bad beat of the weekend in a game that I was personally really involved in watching was the Texas Tech game against Oregon. For those of you who don't know, Oregon backdoor covers off the pick six with about a minute 15 on the clock as Tech tries to drive down the field to tie the football game. Um, it's one of the reasons I was a big op- proponent of letting Oregon score at the goal line. So you didn't mm. have to run a hurry up with a minute left and one timeout and could have instead tried to run your more or less normal offense with two and a half minutes and three timeouts. So, you know, that that's going to get blamed on a quarterback, Tyler Shuck. Um, who missed somebody wide open in the middle of the field on that play, but protection broke down. They were rushing. Can't have four turnovers though from a quarterback, you know, but yeah, that was easily the worst bad beat of the weekend for anyone involved. Uh, That was a really fun football game to watch. Um, The other one that I thought was just kind of interesting to note was I had U of H as the longest touchdown against rice. Rice ends up running uh, U of H out of the first quarter, jumped up 28 to nothing. U of H, 
battles back into the game, pushes it in overtime, and ultimately loses. Um, U of H's offense, led by Donovan Smith, was just pretty not good um, for a yeah. lot of that football game. And the results of that one is Rice actually would have the longest touchdown in that game. I think that's just kind of funny to note that U of H managed to lose – that they hadn't lost that game in seven consecutive meetings. Rice is I don't know how good. I don't think very. So they kind of a kind of a tough loss for Dana and the Cougars right before their Big Twelve opening, which we'll be talking about later on in the show. Yeah. Now these next segment, these are our usual. These are the off the radar games. I'll let Chris give his first one here, and just to, as a reminder, these are the games that are between opponents that you might not think of. Where we think you're either getting good value, or it's an interesting storyline, but maybe not the biggest game, or it's just a reason to root for somebody that we'd like you to take a look at. Um, these are games that you know you're not probably going to consider them your primetime games, but they're who you're flipping to during the infinite number of commercials we're running into this year in college football. So, Chris, who's your first one here? I, I have a sore taste in my mouth this first one because it's Thursday night's game, so it it just happened right now, and I picked Memphis to go to cover minus 14 because their past two games they average let's see 46 points per game so far this season like they they're putting up offense and I just maybe I need to change the stereotype but I have a stereotype against like military academies and them always just having like running bad offenses and you know not being very competitive so I did that I I, I just it, and it didn't work out. It's it's a close game right now. I, I you know, if we recorded this yesterday, maybe I would have a different uh, analysis for you. But because we know the outcome, it's just a bummer. Yeah, uh, that I actually looked at this game in advance. You know, I, I had an inclination to consider Memphis in this one just because, you know, Navy is obviously not looked good at all. They just haven't. Yeah, they've been but Navy beat down Navy twice. Does. They've been beat down twice so far this season. It's crazy. Navy Navy finally looked a bit like themselves here and yeah. just kind of grinded this game down. Uh, the game just went final. Memphis did get the win, but 10 points short of covering in that one. That's a tough break. And yes, we would have recorded this last night, but my Wi-Fi crapped out. So not Chris's fault on that one. But it is a bummer. We appreciate the integrity to stick with it. Uh, my first one, I've got a Big 12-themed off-the-radar. And the reason why I did it this way is the games this week suck. They just suck. So since I don't like really most of the slate, I defaulted to talking about something that would interest me and something I would think would interest your viewer. And to be honest, some of the best value is out of the Big 12 because of I, – I really don't know where some of these lines are coming from. First up, we got Kansas State, Missouri. Kansas State – was minus three. Hopefully some of you hopped on and grabbed him. Then that line is now at minus four hmm. guys. I, 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 you know, I have a hard time saying that Missouri's just outright bad, but Kansas state's a lot better than Missouri by all inclinations, right? Like Mizzou just struggled mightily with middle Tennessee. Kansas state is a very, very good football team this year. One of two or three teams that we seriously attempting to win the Big 12 title, and they've looked it all year. I mean, they pounded, who cares, and then they beat up on Troy just almost as badly. They're going to blow out Missouri in this game. I, I don't know what the hell Vegas is thinking at minus four. I get Do you think that's just the game. SEC bump that sometimes SEC teams get? I think it's that. I think Mizzou's 2-0, and and to be honest, I don't think anybody watched that Middle Tennessee yeah. game. Uh, but yeah. to tell you how the rest of college football feels and why the line – got bet up already to minus four and why you should hop on now because i think it'll creep closer to five and six as we get closer 92 percent of all bets according to DraftKings, have been for kansas state against the spread um it, it is ridiculous that that is still minus four i i somebody was on crack when they set that line <laughs> i mean there have been some bad lines out of vegas every now and then and there's another one i'm about to talk about in a minute but i i have no clue where you get this one it, it, sec bump because it's a rivalry, I, I don't know. Kansas State wins this game by 25 minimum. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of looked at that one a little bit too and thought about it. Um, yeah, I, 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 at four, I still would, t I'm probably still going to take that. Okay, Chris, what's your next game? What do we got here? Oh, my next one. Um, so I have, um, this is a going back to the Mountain West. This is a, uh, uh, Mountain West matchup. Uh, probably it's the first of the season for both teams, Utah State. Uh, versus uh, Air Force Academy. Um, Utah State uh, 
at uh, at plus ten. Um, I'm not sure why they're underdogs in that in that uh, matchup. Um, they kind of gave a run for their money to Iowa in in that week one matchup. I mean, it, it like they were in that game the entire time. Um, I talked about how Mountain West is a top heavy team. It's between three teams. Uh, I think that Utah State is one of those teams. I think they can compete for the championship this year. Um, and I mean, Air Force Academy they scored 13 points against Sam Houston. That's not very impressive. Um, so I, I, I mean, this is an easy, this is an easy underdog. Take the money. And I, I, I will probably hammer it this weekend. I like, I like plus 10. I, I, I defer to Rudy, assuming that uh, the military academies struggle with anything over a touchdown um, when they, especially even as favorites, it's just very hard for those teams to put real separation against their peers um, Air Force, of course, runs a different version of yeah. what Navy and Army have historically done. Air Force has traditionally been the pistol um, and a little bit more open. They've also, you know, historically, other than a couple of years, they've been the best military academy by a pretty wide margin in football um, outside of the four or five years there where Navy was a top 25 team. Um, and in fact, I think in a few of those years, Air Force still won the commander in chief trophy. Army and Navy suck up all the hype because that that final game is so fun and mm-hmm. air force has been better than both of those programs for a long time but i like utah state plus 10 like i said anything over a touchdown just feels hard for a military academy to reach um besides i don't really understand why that's not a closer matchup on paper anyways i i, I don't really understand i think the slate is so bad everybody's struggling to correct what we're doing and this next one is completely baffling to me uh, I, I, like I said, I'm big 12 theme this week, and I think I'm giving you guys great value out of the conference. Iowa State's a three point favorite over Ohio. <laughs> I understand that Iowa State's probably not a good football team. In fact, I have them as one of the worst in the big 12, but they're a week removed from losing by seven to an Iowa team that is going to be a top five team in the big 10 without having an offense at all, which is always something to watch. But, like, what, what what are we doing here? I mean, this is an Ohio team, for reference, to give you some idea of where this might be coming from. They beat a team in week one whose acronym, I have no idea what this stands for. Some FCS school, LIUCWP, that's the Pioneers. I, I haven't had a second to Google what that could possibly be. LIUCWP? L-I-U-C-W-P Pioneers. But I look at Bleacher Report for my summaries. Bleacher Report for the FCS schools won't always have them labeled. They won that game by 17. It was 27 to 10. All Mm. right, that's not great. But week one, whatever. So what'd you do next? Um, You've got Florida Atlantic. Not a bad program with Tom Herman. Not a particularly good one at the moment. Still a lot of work to be done out there. You won that game by seven, right? Like, are are we really thinking that Iowa State is only three points better than one of the worst, than a team that just barely knocked off one of the bottom dwellers of the AAC this year. <laughs> I mean, are, are we are we really, I, I didn't, couldn't figure out what the Kansas State-Mizzou spread was about. This game feels like the only logical explanation is the vibes around Iowa State are so bad after all the upheaval and then the loss in the rivalry game that Vegas is just shrugging, saying they're not going to, show up uh if if this one is actually minus three then i will never bet against vegas again but i i have no idea how you can get rich off this one folks i i i'd i'd bet the farm on iowa state 83 percent of betters agree with me on this one i got no clue where that's coming from i i don't have a single idea who looked at the stats and said look Iowa State struggled against one of the best defenses in all of college football and still narrowly won the game despite not playing particularly well. Yeah, they're probably going to crap the bet against Ohio. I mean, what what are we doing? I, I think that's going to be the theme of this episode, to be honest with you, Megan. Like this is like I all of my lines and all of my bets and that I'm that I'm picking this week are all just like what like what is happening i think that's just the slate of of games that we have on saturday it's just that bad that vegas just doesn't even know what to do with them yeah i mean this is i you know i appreciate team scheduling tough week one and two matchups but yeah. nobody scheduled i mean we're gonna get to our big games folks and you're gonna see what we're talking about this is just a terrible terrible week to watch college football only the degenerate gamblers are going to be having any fun which is what we're trying to bring you guys but seriously 
uh, Chris is going to give his second one here in a minute, but th- these are not fun football games that we're talking about. You will not enjoy the product. You just may win a little money. Chris, what's your second one? Uh, it's my, my last one. Sorry. Or uh, your last one. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another power five bump I think is happening here. Uh, Fresno state versus Arizona, uh, Arizona state, sorry, not Arizona, Arizona state. Um, I don't know what Vegas has seen from Arizona State in the past two weeks, let alone their recruiting class, let alone the dumpster fire that was their last season where Herm Edwards got fired two seconds after um, the game. Uh, I forgot which week that was. It might have been the last week of the season. Um, They're favored minus three uh, for you. I mean, uh, this is another one where I highly recommend you just hammer the or uh, sorry. They're they're not favored. They're underdog plus three. Um, Fresno State is favored minus three. I if I was a better out there, my recommendation is hammer this one as well. Fresno State has a fun high flying offense. Um, their their quarterback threw for I think he it was fifty passes last week. The week before that was forty five. They love to throw the ball. They love to air it out. Arizona State's defense is fucking terrible. They're gonna just it's just gonna be an absolute. It's just it's it's going to be a beat down. Um, and again, this is another mountain West team that this is one of those three teams. I think this is Fresno state, Wyoming and Utah state's um, a conference to win. Uh, Fresno state didn't look so great last week, but they did put up a lot of points um, and they haven't played. This is going to be probably the worst team that they've played so far this season. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think th- this is an overreaction because we're still so early in the year that Vegas yeah. is still correcting. You know, you went to overtime against Eastern Washington. This is a game Fresno State was up um, 11 at half, mm-hmm. gave up 14 in the third quarter, and then basically just hung in there to get the win. But they did, they beat Purdue to start the year, right? Mm-hmm. So like Arizona State is coming off of a, a tough loss to Oklahoma State, who's not particularly good in the Big 12. Um, Arizona State lost that game by 12. Arizona State's not well coached. Arizona State's not talented. Um, Fresno State is arguably better in both categories. Um, the fact that you're 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 seeing a spread like this is the result of last week's game, which Fresno State did not play particularly well. And I will um, say, Eastern Washington is a pretty good FCS program, and they have been for a long time. I mean, their their head coach went on to Sac State, and now he's the head coach of. A major, uh, a major program. Now I'm, I'm, I can't. I'm totally blanking on it. But yeah, yeah and I, I think that like, I, you obviously don't love that struggle, but you know, you're talking about uh, uh, an FCS game sandwiched between two Power Five opponents. Yeah, right. Like they beat Purdue Week One, had to turn around, try to find some motivation, to give a shit about Eastern Washington before playing Arizona State. So I, I like this pick a lot. I think, I think we're it, it is just an overcorrection to what happened i think you can get a lot of money here because like fresno state is just a better better team they just they are just better um my last big 12 pick texas out is is hosting wyoming now i know wyoming pretty well watched that tech game that was a big upset wyoming's not a particularly good football team um i think of the mountain west competitors they're the least likely to be able to sustain it they're banged up in the backfield quarterback plays piss poor they're a very good defensive football team that is a very tough defensive line I, I think it depends when you got Wyoming. That spread, I think, started around 25. I think now it's closer to 30. Um, I'm looking at it now at 29. A lot of betters are picking up on Wyoming at that line. I got. I think Wyoming takes this one. I, I think Wyoming can cover 29. If you're picking them up there, if that's what you where you're making your bet, I think that'll get to 30 before the end of before the uh, the, the game kicks off. It's on Longhorn Network. Not a lot of people are going to be watching, but Wyoming plays a very slow brand of football and Texas's probably biggest liability is its offensive line. Wyoming's best unit is its defensive line. I suspect Texas will win this game comfortably, but comfortably could be 21 and you're not covering 30. I mean, it's just going to be, this is a tough, the over under for this game is 48 by the way. Right. So like Mm -hmm. basically for 29, what they're saying is Texas is going to more or less beat them like, 42 to you know or 35 to 14 you know like like even if you're unless you're assuming a total beat down that over under makes no sense with the spread we're seeing if you're saying there's gonna be 48 and a half points scored in this game but that wyoming 
is a 29 point underdog. There's a di- there's some serious cognitive dissonance, right? Like that that is assuming a total one sided massacre to get to that result. And it would be much more understandable if they're like, well, Texas is just going to get past this defense and cruise. Okay, then set the over under in the 50s range. But you're telling me Wyoming will succeed in slowing this game down and keeping Texas Texas's offense from just lighting them up completely. But they're still going to lose by 30 points. I I don't see it. Um, I think this is a no-brainer for Wyoming at 29. I I mean, this has got to be another overcorrection, right? Because I'm surprised Wyoming's not getting more love after that that Texas Tech win. But because Texas took down Alabama last week, it's like probably people in Vegas are just throwing money at at Texas to just just completely cover cover this, right? I mean... this is a letdown game, right? Like Texas just coming out of Tuscaloosa after a huge win. Yeah. They've got the Big 12 slates to coming up next. Um, you know, that they're 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 number four team in the nation, they're back, blah, blah, blah. This screams like the kind of and here's the other thing is like we don't know how good Alabama is. You know, that they're that quarterback serious, was brutal last week. I mean, there are serious concerns about what they're doing at quarterback. I mean, well, the, the stat line is just two two interceptions, 255 yards passing. I mean, you're, that's just not Alabama football. And I, I, I think that, you know, obviously they're still extremely talented, obviously still coached by Nick Saban. It is a good win for Texas. But I don't think this was a top 10 Alabama team. Top 25, maybe. But this is one of the worst Alabama teams in a few years, by all accounts. And, you know... Do we really think Texas is just going to be? Are, are we really one hundred percent sold that they're just going to run the table? Look on paper, they should, but Wyoming's a good, is a tough, tough, tough football team. I think they sold this one down. All righty, now we're moving into our section. These are what we call prop bets, but as, as Chris and I have discussed previously, there aren't that many good prop bets for college football. It's still growing, and prop bets in college football are really hard to take, anyways. So we also lump in over unders into this section um we're gonna go to break real quick before that starts so we're gonna give you guys a quick commercial and then we'll head into that that's the easiest way to do this because i want to put the bulk of our show into the big games of the week after the ad break so that's coming up as well we'll have our power five games of the week full disclosure these games suck you won't enjoy watching them and the lines are terrible for you but they are the best games we could find this week so we're gonna head to break and then be back for our prop bets and then the game of the week challenge Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, folks, we're talking prop bets. Like I said before the break, these include over-unders. This is anything you can find. The place I found the best of is DraftKings. They have the most extensive selection, but it's tough in college football. I lost all of my prop bets last week, every single one. Um, Hopefully this week I have a bit more success. Let's start with you, Chris. What'd you find in this section? I know I shouldn't do it because it uh, it was bad for me last week, but I'm going on a San Diego State bet again versus Oregon State. The over the over under is 48. It moved to 48 when I took notes. It's 49. Oregon State has hit the over in every game so far this season. Their offense is clearly being underrated by Vegas. I think that they can do 48, no problem. I think that San Diego State can get 14 points. 
do part of the job. And then I think Oregon state will just run up the score and they'll, they'll finish the job. I, and, and to me, sometimes you have to look at trends and betting and, and that's kind of the way to go. And for Oregon state to hit overs in both games, like I, you just have to take it. You have to. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think, you know, over unders in college football are, 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 are a crap shoot because every offense more or less you can expect to score and then there are a couple of teams you can just always assume are going to get the under. But figuring out exactly where we are in this point of the year for Vegas is a challenge. So I think over-unders are the safest. Um, they're they're really safe. And it's why my first one is an over-under. Because I think you can you can find good value just by using your brain. Because Vegas is still calibrating. Week four, I think these are going to be a little trickier. I think these are going to be – you'll see a lot more where you're like, that makes sense. Or they've taken the wind out from under it. But right now, I still think you've got some good ones. Right, this one I think is one of the teams that you can always assume an under on. Western Michigan has Iowa. The over under is forty two. <laughs> You're taking under all day. I was not going to score forty two points. Western Michigan likely won't score in this football game. I, I'm taking the under all day until Iowa demonstrates any pulse offensively. They didn't last week against a bad Iowa State team, only scoring twenty in that game. No reason to assume otherwise. None at all. Yeah, I mean, Vegas is fishing for that one because I don't, I mean, every, anything about Iowa's identity would never make you think that they, that's, it should be that high, especially against a low tier Division One program. Yeah, they, it, it just feels, it feels too much like we're just assuming that Iowa's defense is going to score 21. Um, and that's fine, right? Like that's, that's totally viable to, to think about for some folks. <sighs> But it ain't for me. Uh, not, 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 not at the moment. Not right now. So I, I just think I think we're we're just we're assuming too little of of uh, of Western Michigan defensively that they're going to be the team that Iowa finally busts it open against. Like really, they're that bad defensively? I don't think so. All right, what do you got? What's your second one here? Uh, this one is you know this is this isn't probably good gambling analysis, but like I feel like you have to weigh it in. It's Washington versus Michigan State. They're un, they're over under is fifty five and a half, with everything that's going on with the Michigan State program with their head coach and the disgusting you know accusations against him. I just think that Michigan State will come out def- deflated because there's just so much outside noise in their program. There's no way that that team is focused right now. Fifty five and a half is like pretty high. Um, I get it. It's a big power five matchup which is probably why it's it's the line is so high on on the over under but i i i just don't see it um so i'm taking the emotional breakdown of michigan state and i i will go under on that one yeah i mean the 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 news out of michigan state's just terrible with mel tucker and i i have Mm -hmm. very little feel for how teams will respond after adversity like that washington state i believe it was what was that last year, two years ago, when they had the controversy of the COVID stuff and they fired their head coach and then played really good football? I, I, this could easily go the other way just as well, right? And, and mm-hmm. I think in this football game, Washington will control it comfortably. So it's just at what pace of play do you think Washington's going to be in? They're playing. Washington looks very, very, very good. So it's just how do you think they're going to perform and then adjust accordingly? But yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that the stuff coming out of Michigan State is just despicable. And, you know, I'll have a hard time rooting for that program. I mean, I don't, Michigan State at this point, it's not controversial to say might have one of the worst athletic departments in the nation in terms of major scandals. Yeah. On the last, 100%. Like the last, I mean, it's just like I, Baylor under our Bryles was bad. And there have been mm-hmm. some programs that have had some rough years. Michigan State's a damn near at the top of the pack now for just like the fuck are you doing as an athletic department to let this stuff happen? I'm glad and I love Tom Izzo. Up. I love their basketball program, but I mean, this is just ridiculous to to. Yeah, I mean, Izzo like is basically the only guy sitting left in there with any with any yeah. semblance of integrity. And I, I mean, if even a, half, a fraction of what's been said about Mel Tucker is true. It, I'm glad they decided to fire him and, and without really waiting for an investigation to play out. Um, it's it's terrible. And I, it, I, I, I am rooting against Michigan State for any number of reasons. Never, I've never been a big fan of, uh, of the Spartans, but th- at this point, it just feels like karmically you have to not want them to do well. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I feel for their players, by the way. They have no part in this. Mm-hmm. But that athletic department's like Northwestern is just toxic as hell. Uh, my next one here, okay, 
We're going to talk about the TCU-Houston game in a minute, so I'm not going to dive too deep on the analysis. But Donovan Smith has thrown for two touchdowns in week one and week two. He's not played very well through the air in either of those games, but he's had two passing touchdowns in week one and week two. With knowing here, let me give you the scores from these games. I want to see what you think Vegas said his passing touchdowns would be. So, like I said, he's thrown for two in each game. They beat UTSA narrowly, seventeen to fourteen. In that game, he threw for uh, two hundred thirty-three yards. He was sacked three times. U of H's offensive line is not helping him out. He rushed for thirty-one. Always been a good gra- uh, ground-based quarterback. So that that's week one. Low-scoring game, two touchdowns. High-scoring game against Rice. They were in a big hurry to get back into this game, had to battle back in a massive fourth quarter with 21 points scored to force overtime, ultimately fell. Frankly, he was not great in this game either. He was 24-42, 260 yards, two TDs, one INT, and he added 57 on the ground. What do you think Vegas said the over-under was for his passing touchdown? Uh, I would I would say it's at a half. They put it at one and a half. Now, I've got the over here for one simple reason. He hasn't not thrown two touchdowns. This is the thing I don't (laughs) understand. This just feels like we're overthinking some of this sometimes. They didn't play well against UTSA or Rice, and he still threw for two touchdowns. What empirical – maybe they crapped the bet again, right? Like maybe he's not – I love Donovan Smith as a player and as a person. He was a gamer at Tech, had some big moments, but – I am well aware of what he can and can't do as a quarterback. He ain't ever going to light you up. But what do we do? He's played two games, and he hasn't thrown for less than two TDs. And in neither game was he good. So, like, what are we saying here? Like, we're saying Dana's not going to find a way to find him a second passing touchdown. That TCU's defense that got absolutely shellacked by Colorado is really just going to lock this up. I mean, I it just – it I get it. I completely understand it. TC's a big favorite in this game. Donovan Smith, not a great quarterback. But really, what are we basing this stuff off of at this point? He, that, he's been some of the worst quarterback play I've seen from a power five quarterback. And like, a, 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 or a, a, even, I mean, maybe to be fair, like a ranked team, but a power five quarterback, like in a long time, like that Colorado game was brutal to watch him play. Like, and, and Joel Klatt on the broadcast was calling him out on just like everything wrong he was doing. And it maybe like it manipulated me to think that it, it was worse, but like he, he was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. He's, he's just not a good quarterback. Like I, I watched him a lot of Texas tech. He's a tough kid. He's a big kid, and he does really, really well in running situations, power offense, short yardage. Um, he's good out of scrambling out of the backfield. He makes decent decisions when when to leave the pocket, but he lacks. And it's not an arm strength thing. It's an accuracy thing. He's one of those quarterbacks. He just can't hit the bright side of the barn. I mean, it, it just it does not matter what he seems to do with the ball. It doesn't go where he wants it to do and it's one of those things like i've got questions about tyler shuck's actual arm candy donovan smith doesn't really have that problem to me it's not a great arm but it's a fine arm he just can't put the ball with any touch anywhere near a receiver but still he's played two games got four touchdowns he's got two in each dana holgerson manufactures quarterback touchdowns they only scored two tds against houston he counted through uh, against utsa he counted through both of them through the air i don't get it but he is one of in the big 12 i haven't watched all the quarterbacks yet i want to see the i want to watch film of the cat at oklahoma state but he's probably the worst starting quarterback um actually did Bo i think bowman hmm. won the job at oklahoma state a guy I'm, I'm pretty familiar with i haven't watched him since he's been out there uh i've watched him a lot at tech obviously but donovan smith i feel pretty comfortable saying is probably your worst big 12 starting quarterback but I just think Dana Holgerson will find a way to get him two passing touchdowns because he's done it weeks one and two. All right, Chris, Chris, what's your last one here for this section? Okay, so my last one, um, Alabama plays Flor- uh, South Florida this weekend. Um, I don't know much about South Florida. I have not watched them at all this season. Um, I looked up some stuff and read some 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 stuff on ESPN about them. Um, nothing seems very impressive. Uh, Alabama, first quarter score minus 10 and a half look they didn't look good on offense last week their quarterback looked like he had trouble but i i think that they can get two touchdowns in the first quarter like especially against a bad opponent alabama's kind of big thing against bad opponents is like run up the score in the first half and then they just kind of coast the rest of the game so 
I, I kind of like this one. It was sneaky. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know much about South Florida. I know that program is not happy to have been lapped by uh, Central Florida, who's a much younger program. I think. I think it's a good pick, though. I think the logic is sound. I wish I knew a bit more about South Florida. Granted, there is a lot to say. Like, it, 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 this is the kind of game. Like, the game's not going to be close, but it depends. It is all about Alabama's pace of play. How do they feel after mm-hmm. losing at home against Texas? You know, and that that'll define a lot of how that goes. But yeah, I think this one. It, I think that's a good pick. I like that pick quite a bit. Uh, uh, Nick Saban, though, is a vengeful god who hates better. So we'll see what actually happens. Um, <laughs> so, like, it, I have bet on Alabama several times over the last few years they tend to have pretty juicy spreads for the program they are i don't think i've ever had any bama bet break my way nick saban hates college football betters he will win in the way that just doesn't make you any money um no matter how it is over under spread money line doesn't matter lost money on that last week actually not not over that really disappointed that the tide kind of crapped the bed uh, my final one, and this is one near to the Pac-12 folks, and mostly just based on what I know about that quarterback, having witnessed him. Bo Nix's passing totals for the week are set at two and a half against Hawaii, and they're going to light Hawaii up. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that that is one of the better offenses I've I've seen. Texas Tech did a phenomenal job defensively forcing Oregon to drive the length of the field. They gave up, I believe, one explosive play, maybe two, in that football game where Franklin got over the top for a long touchdown. Otherwise, Oregon really worked for it. Now, Tech attempted to bend, doesn't break, but Bo Nix is a fantastic quarterback. Tech really didn't impact him with pass rush. He picked him apart. He did a great job managing the offense, which proves like that that kid is not just a one trick pony. They're, they do not need to beat you over the top. That offense will beat you across the board. In this game, Oregon was completely ineffective on the ground. There was no ground game whatsoever outside of Bo Nix using his legs, um, which again is a testament to Tech's defensive line doing a great job in this game because you know uh, the the leading rusher for Oregon was Bo Nix, who only had forty six yards. They're starting back Irving, who is no slouch, only at thirty eight. Uh, Hawaii is nowhere near as good defensively as Texas Tech is, which is kind of crazy for people who know much about Tech's pass to say. Bo Nix is throwing for four or five touchdowns in this game. I mean, they're going to light him up. The only way this doesn't break is if they do what they did to Portland State, and he runs this up so early and so fast he doesn't even get the chance to throw him. I think Hawaii, who had a really near victory against Vanderbilt, is a bit tougher than that. But I think Oregon scores easy 45 to 50 in this game, and Bo Nix throws four to five touchdowns. So I like that pick. And I think Bo Nix, I've watched Caleb Williams. I've watched Bo Nix. Caleb Williams is probably the more impressive quarterback in terms of talent. Bo Nix to me has the best NFL feud career because he makes, it's not only that he makes it look easy because Caleb Williams does that, but he makes the offense seem unbeatable. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, he's making these crazy plays. It's just, he does not beat himself and he will manage his team and win however he has to. And like I said, against Tech, he won just by dinking and dunking his way up and down the field to the tune of 359. He only averaged 11.2, and a lot of those yardage came on a 72-yard strike to Franklin early in that game. So, you know, he went and beat you a lot of different ways. I think he throws for over two and a half against the Rainbow Warriors, who, not no offense to the Hawaii faithful, they gave up a lot of points to Vanderbilt. So, you know, I, I think Bo Nix has got a, got a fun fun opportunity ahead of him. He's got total control of that offense. Or he reminds me a little bit of, of Matt Corral a couple of years ago. Like you, you just like, you know, his skills are are much better than Matt Corral. I'm not saying that. I'm more just like the command of the offense, how he like you can see like all the all of his teammates rally around him. They like they feel comfortable with him at like at the helm and he just charges down the field and you're just like and two minutes later, you're like, what the hell just happened? Like this, this, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you about NFL future. I, I think him and Michael Penix probably have the best NFL future of the prospects. And here's game. one thing to remember in this game is Oregon had, I think, seven drops. He only had yeah. total 12 incompletions. I mean, the, 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 he did, he wasn't perfect in the sense that I think there were reads he probably could have made better. And Oregon was really kept in check, right? Like this is a, 31 points, eight of which came on, uh, or seven of which came on the um, 
the touchdown, the pick six, and one drive that was helped by Tech turning it over on their own 25 turnover on downs or 30. So Oregon was largely not effective in this game offensively. But the reason why was because Tech basically told Bo Nix is you can't beat us over the top. We're just not going to let you. And you can't run the ball because you can't, you can't, your offensive line's not good enough to get pushed. Receivers weren't helping. Tight ends weren't helping. He was still damn near perfect. He found another way to win. He is a great quarterback. If you're not watching the Pac-12 quarterback play this year, you should tune in because that's probably the top quarterback conference right now <laughs> by a pretty wide margin. I think three of the best, three out of maybe the five best quarterbacks in college football all play for a Pac-12 school this year. Drake May at UNC is a guy that you should keep an eye out. And uh, uh, I think Quinn Ewers is on the early watch list as potentially being in that conversation as well at Texas. We'll see how that continues to go for him. But otherwise, I think Penix, Knicks, and Williams are the three best quarterbacks in college football. To and date. don't don't slouch on Shooter Sanders, Sanders either. And yeah, that's another cat who I granted TCU's not good, Nebraska's not good, but the early returns have been fantastic for him. Yeah. Could be another guy he could break into that top five conversation. A lot of great football being played at the Pac-12 this year, which is perhaps fitting with it about to die that yeah. they get their their send out being so strong. Um, now we're moving to the big games of the week. Now to update the standings, last week was moving week. Week one, Chris and I were more or less in lockstep. I picked up one game on him. This week, we we diverged on I think the majority of the picks, yeah. uh, which was which was helpful to break shake up the standings. My I lost the Tech game in the backdoor cover, and I lost Bama minus seven. Um, Chris picked up the, the 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 Texas Tech one and brought us even at six and four cumulatively chris do i have that right yeah yeah you're you are dead on yeah we both lost the alabama one so yeah uh we both had alabama and obviously we split on the oregon pick i thought that yeah one and i lost the miami and AM one that was a pretty bad one too <laughs> yeah uh that that was a pretty i mean it's just typical aggie shit to lose that one in that way <laughs> yeah, in dude, of, that's the best way to explain it was like 70 percent full I, it was a bad miami crowd against a, a miami team who may not be very good anyways I, I i think that's hilarious and jimbo i think is running out of time but that backdoor cover really by uh uh oregon was kind of something i thought that line was ridiculous i took that to be a homer mm-hmm. i thought oregon had six and a half after what we've seen turn into a hell of a ball game and then to lose it that way was heartbreaking. And I feel for everybody. I didn't watch the bad beat segment from Scott Van Pelt that had to have been in there though. That was just a terrible beat. Um, this week, the game suck folks. I'm not going to pretend that we got good games for you. I'm going to tell you that these are probably the biggest games of the conferences. The only game I will say that's the runner up is Kansas state, Missouri out of the big 12. Technically that's a big rivalry game, but I think Kansas State stomps them. So we instead deferred to the Big 12 opener with U of H and TCU, two teams with bounce back on the mind and a lot of pressure on those programs to get it get it together now. So we've deferred to that one. Otherwise, I don't think there was a lot of debate about what games we could even put in this segment. They suck. The spreads are bad. We're going to do our best to guide you through them. Let's start with the SEC, Tennessee versus Florida. Florida, of course, perhaps most notably remembered this season for that disappointing showing against the Cam rising list. Utah team, Tennessee riding high, one of the top teams out of the East. Florida looks very much not ready for primetime after week one. Beat up on who cares in week two. Um, Tennessee, for their part, uh, uh, struggled with Austin P for a long time. They were trailing in this game. I believe into uh, the the second quarter before they took control, and then they they just kind of slowly spread out the lead to pick up a seventeen point win. Not the showing you perhaps wanted from the Volunteers, but they smashed Virginia in Week One, and I've never seen a worse coach football team than Florida. Chris, who do you got in this one, and why? I feel like this line is probably the most appropriate line of of the the picks that we had today. I I just took the favorite Tennessee. I mean, I was pretty disappointed by Florida in Week One, losing to a Utah team without Cam Rising. Even though it feels like it looks like Utah doesn't need Cam Rising, they're fucking winning every week by a good margin. It doesn't matter who their quarterback is. But um, I just took the favorite. That was just I I I think that Tennessee can win by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I kind of assume the same here. We got six and a half. Uh, for those of you who are over-underminded, that's a high-scoring particip- anticipated game, 58 and a half. Um, the money line, there's no real value there unless you really think Florida's got this one. They're getting 205. But like I said, Billy Napier may be the dumbest football coach in America, and his, his staff 
looked just horrifically unprepared in week one. Could they have gotten it together in a couple of weeks? Maybe, but I think Tennessee's both better coached and just better. So six and a half feels comfortable. And of all of the bets we made, I think Chris said it best. This is probably the most appropriate line and the only one in which if you take the favorite, you're feeling really, really good. These others that we're going to talk about, I suspect that they'll all more or less break the favorites ways, but these lines are just kind of all over the board. Heading to the Pac-12, we talked about this game a bit earlier, Washington versus Michigan State. Um, the line as we have it is, let me confirm that it's still there. We had it at 16. Excuse me. It's 16 Washington, and a half now. 16 and a half now. Yeah. Um, I don't think that really changes much for me personally, but I am going to take Washington in this one. I'm just, look, Mel Tucker, the players aren't responsible for what Mel Tucker did, but I, I can't stand Michigan State as an athletic department at this stage. And I, I, I tend to let emotions rule this. And also, Washington's, I had Boise State against Washington week one, and they absolutely murdered the Broncos. They blew out their next opponent. They are on the war path and playing just outstanding football against a Michigan State team that I think comes out very shaky and disorganized. 16, 16 and a half, not a great line for a Power 5 matchup like this in week three. But I, th- I feel comfortable saying Washington wins this game. The margin of victory is in question, but I think they probably win by 20. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn betters. I would, this is a stay away. I would not bet this game this weekend. Um, I just think there's too many factors involved. I did the same. I took Washington to cover 16 and a half. I hope that they can win by that much. Nothing about or everything about Michael Penix and the way he's been just slinging it up and down the fucking field this year, this week or sorry, this year. Uh, makes me think that that they are very capable of covering it. But again, this is just uh, this line. I think is um, reactive to the news that's going down. Um, and yeah, betters, I would I would stay away from it because you just never know. Yeah, this is just not these are these spreads are largely. I wouldn't bet pretty much any of these games, guys. Like I'm gonna be clear here. Yeah, the, the weekend gave you some great prop bets, some over unders, and some good off the radar games where I think you can literally print money. I wouldn't touch most of these with the 10 foot pole. The only reason we're doing it is for our contest. Um, that that's my full disclosure. I really, maybe Tennessee, Florida's a good enough line that you feel comfortable. Yeah. I think I, I think I would put action on that one. Yeah. But the rest of these, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like them folks. And I, I'm not going to apologize for the scheduling. I didn't control, but I do apologize for the viewing public to have to deal with this because uh, you know, like I said, this is just a, a terrible week. Um, we got the Big Ten up next. Penn State, Illinois. It, I had it at 14. It's now 14 and a half. Um, Chris, who are you taking in this one? Uh, I took the favorite in this one, too. Um, I don't think Illinois has much of a um, home field advantage. Um, and I am really impressed by Penn State this year. I think that they absolutely can compete in the Big Ten with Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan hasn't really played anybody. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State has a little bit more competitive schedule, but Michigan's Michigan's schedule is just despicable. Um, it's about as pathetic as as Georgia's. Georgia's is probably worse, but um, Penn State, we've actually been able to see something, um, and I like the way they play. So I, I'm just taking the favorite on this one. Yeah, I kind of did the same here. I wasn't impressed with Illinois against Kansas. You know, I think Kansas is going to be a great story as that program continues to get back, but. I, I just don't think Kansas is all they're made out to be. I think that speaks a lot to who Illinois is and less about who Kansas is. Yeah, Penn State great. looks very, very, very good. Um, you know, like you said, they're probably going to end up near the top of the Big 12 rankings. This may be the year they can crack past kind of the traditional Ohio State-Michigan pairings that we've been seeing being the, you know, the toast of the town. I think that they're going to cover this one pretty comfortably. Illinois is down after that Kansas game. Um, I was actually in Austin at a wedding during that game. It was 107 degrees outside, and I was oh losing. my god! I Ooh. had the over under in that game, and I lost it by half a point. So I was particularly frustrated uh, watching that one, and and I'll never forgive Illinois for scoring a garbage time, uh, 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 just enough in the in garbage time. They hit a two point conversion that busted me. So that was actually a bad beat itself. Uh, I I don't think I had that prop bet for last week on the show. I might have actually had it and just not noted it. Terrible bad beat there for me, but I was pissed as hell, and I, I'm I'm taking it out on him a bit. But I also just think Penn State's 14 points better minimum. I think worst case scenario you push here. Um, 
I wouldn't really talk touch this one much though. You know, I I, I don't love Big Ten games with spreads that big mono a mono unless it's the real big. I mean, I think Ohio State Indiana a few weeks ago. Um, I don't remember what the spread was in that game, but Ohio State had Indiana, and I think they were like a thirty point favorite or something like that. And you just it's it. I didn't touch it then for the same reason. I think Ohio State's a lot better than Indiana, but they still only won that game by by twenty points. Um, and yeah, they, they were a 30 point favorite coming in that game. It's just the big 10 is just not the kind of conference to be messing with this stuff. I wouldn't put any action on this game, but if I am going to touch it, it's gotta be Penn state to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I think one just real quick, sorry. I did one thing about this particular Penn state team, as opposed to like the, a couple teams in the past, like J- James Franklin, typically his offense is the issue is their defense is really good, which is the reason why they're ranked so high. This offense I think is legit finally. And, and I, I think that they can cover the spread. Will I put money on it? No, I'm not that convinced. So I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think I think Penn State is looking much better than the past offensively. I think they're a good defensive team. I don't think much of Illinois, but like I said, it's the Big Ten of it all. I have a lot of trouble testing Big Ten teams. That's why yeah. I stay away from this one. But if you look at the Big Ten slate, it's like everybody else's. There just wasn't a better game. Yeah. You know, there just was not a better game. This ACC game is actually a Big Ten ACC matchup. We have North Carolina versus Minnesota. North Carolina, of course, coming off the huge scare against Appalachian State. I don't know why anybody schedules App State at this point. That game's going to be a nightmare no matter what you do. I mean, it's just going to be an absolute nightmare for this for whoever they play. I actually had that bet last week as an off-the-radar game because I knew it was going to be a nightmare for North Carolina. That game was in two overtimes. UNC narrowly escapes. They're only getting seven and a half against Minnesota. As of now, I think we had it at minus eight. You know, this is a tough game because Drake May is a fantastic quarterback. I don't have any questions about that offense, really. It is a question about their uh, – it is a question about what do you think of Minnesota's as an overall team. So Minnesota to date narrowly beats a a Nebraska team. I think we can all admit at this point it's not good. And then didn't look great against Eastern Michigan. 25-6, to not a great score, not a bad one wasn't really that competitive. You know, they were up um, most of the game. It was 10 to six at half, but then they just, they dropped 10 to third, uh, five in the, in the fourth, kind of an odd total there. got a safety, but they were comfortably ahead for the second half on. Um, Chris, who do you, who do you got in this one? Does, do, does North Carolina sleepwalk a bit after that two OT game or can they cover seven and a half, eight? Uh yeah okay cool I, I it did move to seven and a half um so that should tell you a little bit about what what people are 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 doing in Vegas I, I yeah I I'm I when I first looked at the spread I thought it was disrespectful and then I looked at uh UNC's game against App State and then UNC's game against SC and I it's got to be a product of their defense giving up so many points especially to App State I mean but like like you said I, that. It's it's almost like a trap game every year for a power five team that goes up against App State, but I'm still pretty confident. I think Drake May is going to come out guns guns a blazing like he has been, and I think that they can cover seven and a half. I mean, uh, ten points. I I think that that like I I think I might actually. This isn't a game that I would stay away from. I think I would take that. Yeah, I. And this is the problem because I'm take I I think I took the favorite in every big game we've got this week, and the reason why is yeah. the spreads are not particularly fun but they don't nod you towards the underdog in any way do i think yeah. minnesota is a touchdown worse than unc absolutely do i think they could be potentially two or more touchdowns worse than unc absolutely so i i mean you're talking about a minnesota team that's won both their games but has not looked good offensively in any sense of the word and has to keep up with a very very good offense that north carolina's rolling out north this is one i would probably if a I, I, I don't love to touch it just because Minnesota could be as good as they might appear defensively, which could slow down what North Carolina is doing, make this more of a grind. But when we're talking seven and a half, you, North Carolina is the better football team. And I think North Carolina is going to cover this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would maybe hold off. I will me the kickoff time for that game is two uh, 30. Uh, uh, I'd my central time. If you're getting this on the the East Coast 3:30, you know, obviously being West Coast, uh, that's that's your noon game. 
if you can catch that one like 30 minutes before kickoff to get your bet, I'd look at where the line's move. Yeah, because it's going to move up in. I, I would guarantee it. If it comes down to seven or six and a half, I would absolutely consider hammering North Carolina. W- where it is now, you can feel okay about it. I think it's worth some action. But if it comes under a touchdown, I think North Carolina is decidedly a touchdown better than Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to have any movement at all unless you broke with me on this last game. We got TCU versus U of H. TCU, of course, had the disappointing result in week one, lost to a Colorado team that appears by all intents and purposes to be much better than the past, if nothing else. I don't know if they're the, the, the this offensive dynamo that's really going to compete in the Pac-12 or not yet. To be honest, TCU's not very good. To be honest, Nebraska's really not very good. But they've looked good. Colorado looked good, and they took TCU to task offensively. TCU narrowly lost that game in a real bar burner. Uh, very high-scoring affair. TCU recovered by beating up on their next opponent, which I believe was Nichols State, who, you know, no, who cares? Um, Houston, we mentioned earlier, fell to Rice last week in the Bayou Bucket. They'd won, I believe, seven in a row. Uh, they came in extremely confident. Rice, of course, had gotten pantsed by Texas in week one. They did cover in that game, though. I won money on that game. But Rice was not supposed to be able to compete with Houston, who was looking ahead to their Big 12 opener. Slept, walked for the first quarter, battled back, rallied, forced the game in overtime, and ultimately fell in overtime. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Daniel Holgerson. I'm from Houston. This is at U of H. Um, this is going to be a weird crowd. And why I say weird is if Houston had done what they were supposed to do in beaten Rice, this might have legitimately been a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston is a terrible fan base. Uh, they just, of all college football fan bases that are fair weather, that doesn't begin to describe Houston because they don't show up when they're good. They have to be basically a top 10 program for anybody to notice. Tom Herman had him out there that year. They beat uh, Baker Mayfield and NRG. Otherwise, I mean, TDCU is not a very big stadium on face value. I think it holds about 40,000, 45,000. It's not in a good part of town. And I don't think this is controversial to say that that, that is not a good neighborhood, um, that that is one of the highest crime areas in neighborhood. It's not particularly safe after dark. Um, and it, it's hard to get there. There's not a lot of infrastructure there. It's not, it's a commuter school. Nobody lives on campus because the campus is in a not a great neck of the woods. Um, and there's not a lot of housing for students anywhere near it as a result of that. Um, and you know, there's a lot of factors that play against U of H. They're the third or fourth most, they're maybe fourth or fifth most popular school inside of Houston, arguably, which is their home city. And they have a, a large alumni base at that, pumping those numbers. It's going to be a weird crowd. Uh, I, I It's the Big 12 opener. You'd hope that they show out, but they could not. So I took TCU in this one because, number one, the spread is seven. I think TCU is better than Houston. Um, I, I, I'm, I think the Dana Holgerson thing, I thought it was going to work is not working for any, anybody at Houston. I think the crowd's not going to be there. I think TCU is looking to get back into everybody's good graces nationally by beating up on an opponent. They should beat up on, um, Donovan Smith. We talked about this is not a good quarterback. He will throw for two TDs in this game. Just guarantee it. That's going to be three for three on that front. So I win a little bit of money, but TCU is just better than Houston and Houston is reeling a bit. And I think that the, the the it's the Dana Holgerson strikes me with how he's running that program lately is the kind of coach that the wheels come off a little bit. He's kind of thrown his team under the bus in the press. I could see this one really unspooling. How'd you take it? What's your take on this one, Chris? We're aligned in all five of these games. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I'm I will be betting on this game. I think TCU is better than seven and a half against Houston. Um, Houston's a basketball school. It's too goddamn humid down there. People don't want to be outside. They go inside for basketball. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, I'm not actually saying that. I don't have been to Houston once, so Houston people don't attack me. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I another brutal one for our line of games this week, and I just took the favorite, and and I think that TCU can easily cover seven and a half. Yeah, it's it's you know I'm I'm looking at what we're going to be seeing weatherwise predicted. It's been a little bit cooler. It rained the other day, but we're still talking about a game that's going to be the 90s. There's a chance of rain. It's going to be hot. It's going to be humid. Um, the game is at seven, which will help the crowd a bit. These mm-hmm. uh, the, the the Houston has greeted Big Twelve schools mixed over the years, but yeah, I think TCU is just better. And and like I said, like and what disappoints me the most about U of H is the camp is actually fairly nice, and TDECU is actually a very aesthetically pleasing stadium. 
Hmm. But it, the third ward is just a tough place to be trying to build your. And you, if anybody who listens to this has been to Houston knows what the third ward is, it's a tough place to have a university. It just is. That was a bad break for them with just how how uh, uh, the economic situation of the, the city broke down. You know that easily could have been a very thriving college towny vibe kind of area like Rice Villages for Rice. Um, but it didn't break that way. It just didn't. Um, and as a result, there's not a lot of infrastructure. It's a tough place to get to. There's not a lot of students living on campus. They they move out into the city, also largely because it's hard to get across Houston anymore. I mean, it mm-hmm. t- I live out, anybody who's listened to this that's familiar, I live out near uh, uh, Chinatown out in Houston. And it takes me about, it would take me about 25, 30 minutes to get to TDECU. And I, you know, you live a bit closer you're talking about living downtown and there is not a lot of housing downtown and it's expensive. So it, it's just a bad situation for a fan base. That's trying to get off the ground of loss to rice. You know, that, that one, that rivalry hasn't really been a thing in a while because rice is so bad, but I guarantee you that sticks in the craw of the diehard U of H fans and will turn off students that they're trying to convince to show up. That basketball program's built a fan base up. I'm hoping U of H does it. Um, but if you're not getting the gist of this episode, we're in alignment because all of the favorites are taken. These games suck, and I think we can't say that enough. They suck. I, I would not put my money on a lot of these games. I'd focus on our off-the-radar picks this week. I'd focus on our prop bets. I think those are going to be the most fun. I think the Big 12's got some games you can just print money on. I think Chris came up with a couple where there are just bizarre things Vegas does. That Utah State pick, you know, what? what, what, what there's stuff like that where you're just kind of Scratch your head, like, what are you seeing? What are take the, advantage what, what of that? What could you possibly? Yeah, take advantage of it. Um, next week, as conference play, I think we'll officially roll. I, I want to say, I, I want to say, next week, you, don't worry, listeners. Next week, you will be into in for a treat because next weekend's games, it is just, it's probably the best college football weekend I've seen that I can remember. So we have Florida State versus Clemson. We have Colorado versus Oregon. We have Old Miss versus Alabama. We have uh, Ohio State. Wait, is that Ohio State? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, yes, it is. Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Iowa versus Penn State. UCLA versus Utah. Oregon State versus Washington State. And th- and I looked on on top of these games that that uh, that it, I I saw a tweet from a from a football writer who was talking about it. Um, on top of that, there's probably three more games that are not ranked opponents that are just very interesting and very competitive. They're good teams, but just not in the top 25. So Saturday the 23rd is going to be just an epic weekend for college football. So I'm sorry for the listeners for this weekend, but don't worry. Seven days from Saturday, you will be salivating at the mouth. I, I, I have already made plans and I've cleared out my Saturday that day. And me and friends are meeting up at a bar and we're going to post up and we're going to just watch games all day. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a slate that is as good as almost any in recent memory. Yes. You know, and the crazy thing about this is like the Big 12 doesn't have a marquee game. You know, I was looking at this. I was starting to dig into that slate and some of these conferences. But the Big 12's got the benefit of the doubt that it's the it's the opener for a lot of these schools. This is the first time we're going to see a lot of these guys against their Big 12 counterparts. And you got some fun ones. Oklahoma, Cincinnati will be pretty fun. Um, you've got uh, a really good rivalry in TCU, SMU that's going to have a lot of heat into it with the rumors that they're ending this, that series. I mean, you just look around the conference. You talked about the huge games out of the pack. That's that's not even counting like uh, 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 that's that's not even counting some of the fact that that that. that the conference looks as competitive as ever has. Even teams like Cal can be scary. USC's defense means anybody can be in that game. You look at the uh, uh, the ACC, and you've got um, some really fun games with uh, 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 excuse me. I had it a minute ago. Army Syracuse could be pretty entertaining for those of you who like kind of a weird one. Uh, NC State, Virginia for the bottom dwellers. Just a lot of competitive football games, even on teams that they're not going to be good, but they're going to be good games to watch in between the better games you're watching. And of course, yeah, like Chris was rattling off here. If the, 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 I'm not certain there's been really a bigger non-conference game than Ohio State Notre Dame could potentially be at the end of the year. Because Notre Dame needs that win to sell their playoff case down the line in a big way, um, you know that 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 they're they're kind of what's held Notre Dame out is you know they they haven't won some of those marquee games when they really need to make a case and this is the first chance we're going to see out are they for real? Um, and Ohio State in in a similar boat 
are they for real? We have no idea. That will be the huge test of two top 10 programs. So as bad as this slate is, next week is as good. And like Chris said, you should cancel all of your plans. If you're going to a wedding, buy one of those like tiny like clear earbuds and be listening <laughs> on the radio. It'll be a lot of fun. And here are some off-the-radar games for you. Cal versus Washington, 7.30 at night. Cal's a pretty good team this year. Uh, UCF versus Kansas State. Uh, let's see. What else? We got Texas versus Baylor. We've got – there's one more that caught my eye. Sorry. Arkansas versus LSU. I mean, like, Saturday the 23rd is going to be absolutely nuts, dude. I'm looking at it, and it's just like – I mean, Maryland versus Michigan State. I mean, I, this is like college football fans' dream. It's going to be a lot of fun. Tech heads out to Morgantown that weekend to open their Big 12 slate. So that's going to be a fun one to watch um, for me to find out where Tech falls in the hierarchy. It, it's we're, we're, we're getting the best of both worlds on the 23rd of conference play starting in, in mass and the end of non-conference slates playing out. So you still have a few of these bigger uh, uh, out-of-conference matchups happening. So it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Hang in there this week. This week, manage your money. Seriously, I'm, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. don't blow your load too much on this week. You're, there are just, I told you a couple of games where I think if you're not throwing the house at it, if you want to, you're doing it wrong. But really, even those games, right? Like, they're, 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 they're good wins. I think they're easy wins. But I'm not spreading my money too far beyond the, some of the ones we'd highlighted as being kind of wild spreads. And I'm saving up big time for next week. They're going to get a lot of spreads that are close. There's going to oh, yeah. be a lot of uh, a lot of great value to be found. Going to be a lot of exciting over-unders. Uh, that Oregon-Colorado over-under is going to be damn near 70 points. So you're going to have some, some really fun options next week. This week, we're just all clinging to it together. That's going to bring us to the end of our show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll continue to keep you updated with our contests. Like I said, we're both six and four after last week. We're hanging in there through this week. We're going to be whatever the outcome is tied at the end of this week, heading into a massive week four, which will really shake up our contests one way or the other. And as always, feel free to let us know what you guys think. Chris is on Twitter. Uh, he'll be tagged in the tweet. I'm on Twitter. To the Cotton Club crew, you can reach out to either one of us. We'll put this out. It's out on every major podcasting platform. So like, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you do on wherever you listen. Give a listen and let us know your thoughts. Give us a five-star rating. Or if you really hate it, one-star rating. Maybe you really hate people who are mad about Houston. I don't know. Like, I, maybe you just don't like the West Coast. You know, <laughs> I, I, it could be any number of things. But uh Let us know what you guys think. We'll be back next week. Enjoy this tough weekend, guys. This is when you schedule all your chores. We'll see you guys to recap on next Thursday or Friday. 